Hey listener, this is Out of Beta. My name is Peter Soom and my co-host is Matt Wensing. Matt is the founder of Summit and I'm the founder of Reform and on this podcast you get to follow along on our startup journeys. If you're a new listener, don't forget to check out our website on autobeta.fm to find our entire back catalog. Everything is awful. Everything sucks when you work on your own. <laughs> that's the song we just came up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, that's a uplifting symphony by yeah. Peter we were just ranting for ten minutes, both of us, and we're like, maybe uh, maybe this was not what we scheduled time to do. <laughs> if we want to rant, we have to record it at least. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, this is this is good ranting content. Well, good to be back. It's been two weeks. Mm. Good to see you. Good to see you. I was busy. Said goodbye to the daughter at college. Crazy. Crazy. Yep. She's precocious, but it's not because she's 12. She's she's 18. But we started young and had to say goodbye to one already, which uh, was really rough. I mean, yeah. I shouldn't say really rough. It was, it was just 100% bittersweet. It was actually really sweet and awesome, and I was really happy for her. But it was also just really sad in a way and come back to the home and she's not here and it's very very different it must be yeah a strange feeling i can only imagine it is a strange feeling uh it's really cool getting texts and calls from her occasionally she starts class tomorrow but it, uh, the, the other weird thing is you know when you go from like one kid to two it's a big diff- it's a big jump like two to three it's a really it's, it's like every jump is really big now i've finally experienced what it's like to go from four to three never had that experience before <laughs> and like nothing about her but like it's also the other way around it's like it seems like there's so much less going on now having quote-unquote only three kids at the house you can fit in a smaller car yeah yeah we can fit into a <laughs> normal sedan no it's just it's just funny because that extra thread you know that's normally around like with its own activities and everything is just it's not here so it seems really calm around here, which seems kind of wild because it's still three kids, but it's relatively different for sure. How you been? Well, it's not very calm around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. You know how, first of all, like I know it's super echoey and my voice is like, sounds like I was sick, which is because I was sick and I'm in an, in an echoey room because I'm in my future bedroom that is right now is just like a construction site. Yeah, last week we were we didn't record a podcast, but last week we basically scheduled time to do the final renovation on our apartment. I don't know what to call it in English because I think to you apartment sounds like we're renting the place, which we're not. We're owning the place, so it's probably more like a condo or something. In the UK, we yeah. would call it a flat. Yeah, if if it's on the ground floor and you're just sharing like a wall with somebody, is that how it is, or is it an independent? No, it's an, a, an apartment in a building with like several okay. floors, you know. Several floors. Are you one floor? I'm, I'm getting to an answer. I think we call <laughs> yeah. it a condo here. Probably call it a condo. Yeah, there's like three apartments stacked on, on top of each other, you know? Yeah, that's a condo in, in my world. And we're in the middle of the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, so when, when we bought the place, I did a lot of the renovation stuff myself, but I only did half of it before it was time to move in because I ran out of time. And then in my head, I was like, okay, we'll just like get to it eventually. And then we left here for nine months. And I was like, yeah, I'm not eventually going to get to it for sure. Like I need to do something. So last week we had rented an Airbnb for 10 days in town because then kind of everyday life could continue. Our son could go to daycare and we could still like 
you know, go to our offices and stuff like that. And so that was like a really good plan. And then mm-hmm. we could in the mornings and, and during the day we could work in the apartment. And then we could pick him up in the afternoon and everything would be like pretty chill. Yeah, it's a whole routine. Yeah. And over the weekend he started coughing. And you know, like sometimes when you if you fall, like it just you it happens in slow motion and it all you you know exactly what's happening. And it's just like playing <laughs> out in your head. It's just a disaster <laughs> like happening in slow motion. Like he starts <laughs> coughing. Then on Monday, he's like you know, proper sick and he has a high temperature and we get the text message from daycare that one of the other kids has RS virus. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's something you pass along when you have it, you know? So I think it ended up being like basically half the kids had it. Oh man. And you get pretty sick, like high temperature, coughing, all this stuff. Yeah. And you just know at the same time, like we're going to be with him the whole time to take care of him. So, like, first of all, when it was just him, we're one man down because one of us needs to be with him instead of the daycare people, you know. So we're yeah. only one person to work in the apartment, but you also know what's coming. <laughs> and <laughs> when when it starts with the kid, the parents always get it at the same time, and it's just brutal. And when the kid starts to get better, you know it's coming for you. That's how it always is. <laughs> so it kind of exactly. flips and then you have like a, a like hyperactive child that's been sick for three days and just like can't wait to like, you know, go out and do stuff. And then you got Isn't two sick parents <laughs> <laughs> and we're living in this Airbnb. And when all this started happening, like we stripped off all the wallpaper, like the whole apartment is just like dust and bricks and... Like, it's not like, okay, we'll just like not do the rest, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it kind of turned into, okay, I need to spend like the remaining like five days figuring out a way to like, for us to be able to move home <laughs> again. And Dude, that's basically I, what I did with like a high temperature, like a runny nose and, and a dust mask. And it was just the worst, really. <laughs> I what? listened to a lot of podcasts and I felt really bad for myself. And um, I got our hallway done so you can kind of get into the rest of the place yeah. <laughs> without getting dust on you. So the, the, the remaining place is the, what is going to be our bedroom. And it's mostly just paint now, so it's not too bad. I feel good. I'm tempted to say something. I don't know if it will be encouraging or not, though. Depends depends on you, and I feel like I know you decently well, but... Just for perspective, the fact that you're able to do this kind of work is impressive. The fact that you're willing to attempt it while sick is doubly impressive. <laughs> the fact that you're here on this podcast is like triple. I mean, you're you're many levels above normal in terms of how you're doing right now from my perspective. Unfortunately, I know that in the trenches, like in the day-to-day, you know, neither your you nor your kid nor your wife probably care about that vantage point. But like the audience in the stadium surrounding your pitch if you will is uh, very impressed by your performance and <laughs> oh that's good can't believe that you're doing it so and also would like to remind you that it's temporary it's temporary so yeah and i mean one day it's just gonna be a good it's already a good story i feel like you know it's kind of gone from like this is awful to like oh this is a pretty good story I'll, i think i'll tell it you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right yeah so exactly exactly so well cool man not yeah cool, so but... i don't know i like doing it myself but also just yeah. like you here like you can't just like call someone to come do it last minute like i was trying i had to get some like 
like some wiring done that needed an electrician, I can do a little bit myself, but I, you know, I don't want to touch that stuff too much. And, <laughs> you know, I called way in advance and, and one guy was like, yeah, I have time like four months. And I was like, yeah, four months. That's a, that's way too long to wait, you know, but then finally I found yeah. a guy that did the work, but here in Denmark, everyone is getting these kind of air conditioned units, but for heating, because every other form of like heating has got like, especially if you have gas, it's like natural oh, gas. Oh yeah. It's yeah. insanely expensive. Insanely expensive. Yep. And wow. uh, today it sounds like someone has like basically sabotaged the gas pipes going into Denmark from Russia. And uh, you can only, you can only speculate. It's not going to get better. Yeah. Let's hope it's not an article five kind of situation. Anyways, yeah. next uh, segment. <laughs> Let's just, yeah. Ding. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> that was the mark. And now let's talk about World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This, this is completely unrelated, but I saw a really good Jason Cohen tweet while, before we started recording that really resonated with scope. me. And I think it resonated <laughs> with you as well. I don't know if you saw it already. He said something, I don't have the tweet in front of me right now, but he said he was worrying that people would uh, realize he doesn't have imposter, imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good mind bender. That's classic. Felt like it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm trying to so, think if I, I even have an update here. I don't think you have to. I think this is like you, you've showed up to the party alive and telling us that you had like your car broke down in the middle of the desert, your family almost, you know, died of dehydration but you're here but you forgot to bring the wine or something like that we're, it's not that we're bad. gonna we're gonna forgive you yeah we're gonna forgive you <laughs> adding a work update on top of a week like that like i was thinking recently that founders we kind of operate in the red zone on a normal day anyway in turn some kind of existential like business work life way yeah so then you just add these things on top i think it's smart to not even attempt to make progress sometimes on the business when you're facing these things because it's just going to go it's just not going to help right like I, I, I think no update is probably the smart move in this case unless you're about to blow me away and say that you made a bunch of progress <laughs> somehow anyway but no i, I feel something. like i kept the i kept the ship afloat you know kept yeah. the raft afloat <laughs> and uh, bjorn was working of course but what he's working on right now is sort of still like it's not something that's being released he's working a lot of integration stuff i did have a sort of crazy idea Maybe we'll mm. just throw it out here. Like it's probably completely unrealistic, but I was talking to Bjorn about like these integrations we're building right now. And I realized all of them have Zapier integrations. And like the way that you build a Zapier integration is you have JavaScript code that kind of talks to the Zapier API and your API. But I was just thinking like, could we just like implement like a part of Zapier on our own? like on our end and just tell them like you just use the same code and it would just work. So basically like, could we, like, could we find a way as like SaaS owners to just like make every company that already built a Sapier integration, make it like a couple of clicks to like integrate with our platform instead. I like where this is going. It sounds very disruptive. I, I told Bjorn like, I don't think this is probably not possible, but if it is, it's kind of big. <laughs> So I feel like it's yeah. worth like stating. <laughs> yeah. It's worth figuring out why that wouldn't work. So what's an example of that to make it concrete for listeners if you want to go down this path? 
Yeah, like like for reform, an integration basically means that like someone fills out a reform and then we send a webhook to let's say Zapier, and then you kind of map that data in Zapier to like create some sort of resource on their end. Okay. But like so I fill out this like, when people fill out this sales form, you know, which yeah. is uh in reform and they submit it, put use Zapier to send to save the details into this Airtable or whatever and then also or like this. create this create this like booking link in Savvy Create this book. Okay. Yep. And the code for like creating that booking link in SavvyCal via the API is in Derek's Sapier integration JavaScript code. So why would we like why do we need to write the same code? Like basically, so what I told Bjorn is like if we had, which we actually do for SavvyCal, if we had access to his repository for his Sapier integration, like we could use that to like build our own integration because we could look at how he did it and just like write rewrite this like write the same code in, on our end and, and you know right. it's basically just like documentation for his API basically but like why do we huh. actually have to do that could we just like you know run the same JavaScript code yeah that, that Zapier do when they execute that integration by just letting him like <laughs> give his Zapier integration to us right. And it's even has like authentication and everything built in, you know, with OAuth and everything. So like, sure, could we just like mirror what they do? It's a bit, it's a big just, but it would be pretty I, amazing. I don't, I don't know. I don't have any friends at Zapier. And so I have no reason to not just completely throw out my thoughts about them. But <laughs> they do seem Brace. like a product. Yeah, they seem like a product that strikes me as a ball of duct tape sometimes. And I say that for two reasons. One is I look at where it is today and I try to use it. And I feel like the UI leaves something to be desired from a polish and fit, from a fit and finish standpoint. Not exactly like beautiful woodworking fit on those pieces that I use when I'm a user. And then I listen to the origin story and they were built sort of revenue first and in a lot of ways, that's great, but also leads you to make a bunch of choices that maybe are difficult in the long run, but the market needs it. And it's been how long? Like 10 years. It, yeah, it doesn't seem unreasonable. And then there was this article, and I, I try to find it, but it's like the the unbundling of Zapier or something like that. Somebody wrote recently and was sort of making the argument that Zapier has like this uh, almost this Craigslist breadth to it at this point where the individual things going on within it. Like it makes sense. It's at some point that somebody's going to basically build a multi-million dollar business just on, you know, movement of data within these yeah. kinds of apps. Right. So if I put all that together, my spidey sense is that what you're saying is worth a shot. <laughs> One day we'll just acquire them and build, make it, build it in, you know, notion acquired automate that IO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they could totally do that. But my thinking was just there could be a weakness somewhere in there that like it doesn't have the appeal in some ways of like, hey, Zapier already connects with thousands of apps. Like you're not saying that. But in some small world, right, starting in some small space, like I don't know that it's needed. Yeah. I mean, it would just be really cool if we could tell Derek like, hey, you want to have a Savical integration and reform? Like here's the page where you submit an app for review and you just... 
take that's the cool. same code that you use for Zapier and you like change the API URL to say a reform instead of Zapier or something. But I mean, it might not be possible at all. But if it was, let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like, it. like it's it's pretty tedious to build all these integrations, even though we feel like we have a process for it already. But yeah, we're building an integration with Less Annoying CRM. I'm just mentioning it now because Tyler King from Less Annoying mentioned it in his podcast as well. So I know I'm allowed to. <laughs> There's probably a relatively big overlap in listeners. Your PR people talk to each other, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally <laughs> decided this was the week. But in his podcast, he talked about building integrations with Reform. And it was pretty interesting to hear him talk about it, even though I already had a conversation with him about it, obviously. But but he basically talked about like how, you know, they're like a mature company. They started 13 years ago, I think. They have like more than 10,000 customers, I think. But he doesn't want to build like a ton of integrations. And they don't really have many integrations. But but he wants to have integrations. And he, he's saying that his customers are asking for, for um, form software, basically. And... Um, He's a listener of this podcast, so Reform came to mind. And then he basically pitched me on building an integration with them. And I think he's doing this with some other apps as well. But I really liked his approach. He's like, we really want an integration with a form builder. And we want it, we want it to be with like a smaller company and not like the big, the big players. And our goal for this integration is to get you as many customers as possible and promote it as much as possible make it okay. really successful so we can use it as a case study to get more people to build integrations with him. So he's thinking of it almost as like, how can we get the ball rolling on like people getting really stoked about building integrations with less annoying CRM? And I, I really like that approach. And obviously, like if I report back that it went really well, then maybe more people will be encouraged. So That's great. it probably works if it works. So timing wise yeah like i was kind of like out of sync with bjorn last week because i was working on all this stuff here and sick and stuff <laughs> yeah so i you know i was like talking to him this week and i was like i'm telling him about my priorities for the week and i told him one of my main priorities is to help you like get started on the less annoying and integration like mm -hmm. and i just you know, talked about it for a while. And then he's like, yeah, yeah. So I built this and this and this, and it's all, all almost working. And I just need like this part right here. It's like, oh, okay. So you basically don't need me is what you're saying. Yeah. So wait, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so the timeline is like, Bjorn is almost done. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that was not what I was expecting to hear, but it no, is not uh, me neither. A great it's a great reminder of how much better life is when you work with someone like Bjorn. So that's awesome. Yeah, and the best part was like last <laughs> week when I was in this dust hell, like he, Tyler sent me a really long email with information about all this stuff. And I was thinking about like, do I just forward this to Bjorn or do I need to like explain it all to him? And like, and you know, I didn't really want to read it because I was busy with other things. So I just asked him like, if I just forward your the email that Tyler sent me, can you like read it and get back to him and like figure out if you need to talk to him more or and just kind of like, you know, do whatever. And that that worked, you know, like I talked to Tyler about like all the business stuff. And then when it came to like the technical details, it made way more sense that Bjorn was talking to him instead of me, even though I'm the one who kind of like has a relation with him. And yeah, I think they kind of worked most of it out and he's almost built an integration. So it's pretty exciting. It's great. So 
Like everything else, it's probably turning into a marketing bottleneck soon. <laughs> I have the opinion that marketing being behind is a better problem to have than product being behind, which yeah, probably because I feel like with marketing, it's a little bit easier to throw money or things at the problem. Like right. if product's behind, you're just kind of stuck. You can start to hype things or do smoke and mirrors, but like that's not yeah. that's not a long-term solution. Whereas if marketing's behind, you're like, well, I've just got to start doing stuff and letting people know and it's real. So that's not a bad place to be. We have this headless feature that we're supposed to launch two weeks ago and I still haven't launched it. And I have my stupid video that I talked about. <laughs> I have it ready sitting there and I just need to like write the blog post and send the email. Yeah. And I'm not even sure it's going to get done this week because I also want to like, I want to have time to like write a good email, you know, when it's like, you know, we put a lot of work into shipping the feature and it yeah. needs like, I mean, obviously it sucks if it, that is not launched. So, you know, there's a the balance to strike there, but yeah, I guess the good part is that I know what to do on the marketing front. Exactly. You have this bottleneck, you got to work through it. This is one of those things that's really hard for me because I see sometimes these bottlenecks just accumulating and typically compartmentalization is seen compartmentalization is seen as like a bad thing but sometimes you just have to like let that bucket fill up and know yeah. that like there will be a day where I will set aside the time to just focus on that and then the hard thing is like if you never cash that check like you never actually do that then yeah you're you're in you're in trouble but it's going to be a really fun day when you when you just focus on getting all that out the door, right? Like that's, it's going to be good. Now you yeah. just have to do that. <laughs> I think the tailwind job is also like taking some of my like marketing energy basically. And yes. we have a big launch like probably this week or early next week that I've been working mm -hmm. on that last week and this week as well. So it's, it's just, you know, it just has to have higher priority. So like when I'm, really busy with this, you know, apartment stuff, like that's the tailwind stuff is the stuff I got to prioritize because it's what's paying me, you know, and yeah. where like yeah. other people rely on me more. So mm -hmm. that's like another part of the equation that I kind of have to factor in right now. But yeah, overall, it's a nice problem to have. And at least Bjorn is working on integration with someone who wants to promote it to their 10,000 customers, you know? Sort of working on his own marketing thing right now, I guess. Yeah, I, that was going to be my other question. It's like, how long before Bjorn just says, you know, what if I put together a rough draft of that thing you just <laughs> talked about? Yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of reviewed it. You're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. why not? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll have some more time soon. Because it's not. I know it's not fun for him neither to like work on his own. Because that's yeah. kind of not what he wants to do, you know? Yeah. On Thursday, we're all getting together. And I actually haven't talked about our sponsor yet, but maybe this is my segue into mm -hmm. talking about our sponsor and then moving over to you update because uh, one of the attendees and my my mini fire festival, <laughs> as we talked about on Thursday. Oh, yeah. said, David from Eduflow, he just told me yesterday that because he had other plans, but he managed to get out of them. And he's coming for my hike on Thursday. And I'm really excited about it. 
the reason I'm excited about it is because I know he's a great guy because we did a one and a half hour interview with him about his startup journey that I hope everyone has listened to now. It looks by the dollar numbers that most people have listened to it. So that's awesome, of course. And he also introduced me to his lawyer recently, which is always, I love when founders introduce me to like accountants and lawyers and stuff. It's like the most helpful thing you can do to a fellow founder. It's true. <laughs> yes. Way so, more valuable than people think. Yeah. So David is an awesome guy and uh, his company Eduflow is an awesome company. They do online training within your own company so you can do courses. It's an, it's an you can build like a learning platform basically within your company with a lot of different stuff that you can pull in like so it turns into a learning by doing and peer reviewing and there's even a reform uh hard to this or a reform block that you could pull in to your learning experience if it requires a form. There's also a Savicel block if you need to book something while you're learning something. So it has a lot of cool integrations. And he talked about all that in our interview with him as well. So yeah, and they're sponsoring us for three months. And thank you so much, Eduflow, for doing that. It is soon. We will have room for another sponsor. But I actually don't have one lined up right now. I thought I had, but they kind of jumped ship. I don't know if it's the if it's the times, but if people are interested in sponsoring and getting a similar treatment like the one we did with Eduflow, mm -hmm. they should reach out to me. Nice. This is fun doing it. They should. Cool. Cool. Can't wait to hear how your uh, your Danish Burning Man goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait neither. Michelle from uh, Software Social and her husband Matthias is coming as well. So we got a lot of good good people That's coming good. over. Some people That's even great. traveling from nice. other countries, which is kind of insane. Sounds very pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, what's going on on your side of things? A lot. So we are on the verge of shipping two pretty big things. One is the Chrome extension, which I've been yeah. hyping quite a bit on my Twitter and found out how to do it in a way that wasn't just grotesquely hackish. Like I did not like the, jo <laughs> the JavaScript that I was writing to do the first couple like little demos was just not great. Like a lot of copy pasta and, and if else's and all kinds of stuff. Like this is just not doing it the right way. Then I found a really cool open source project example on YouTube and on GitHub that, you know, finally implemented something the way that I was thinking of implementing this. And so I was able to just copy, <laughs> clone it and adapt it to Summit. And now it's really nice because, you know, each site that Summit's extension supports has its own, its own function, its own files, its own signals like it's it's clean nice. and separated yeah it feels really good especially for my first chrome extension ever like it's feels pretty good so i'm actually bundled that up and have it close to submitted to google i have one more screenshot to submit to the google chrome extension developer store something 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 platform which i which even though i have like 11 Google logins, I still had to create like another account to be a that, whatever that is. Not that we don't love you guys, but wow. <laughs> so now I'm almost finished filling out the form to submit this thing. And then we'll see how long it takes them to approve it. I'm going to have just a handful of folks like able to use it at first because I want to see if like, got to get over the hurdle of it just works on Matt Wensing's machine first. 
and I think we're okay actually because Ruben Gomez tried it, and so did somebody else for their SAS metrics. But once that gate is lifted, then I'm basically going to be launching a Chrome extension that I hope gets used a ton. And I, I'll mention I added a couple new sites, Mercury Bank. So if anyone uses Mercury Bank, now when you load up your dashboard next to your cash balance, there'll be a little Summit logo. And that was another change I made. So before you had like in the little demos I was sharing on my Twitter, I was like, oh, click the little extension at the top right, the icon, like you would with Loom. And then like, just like with Loom, there's a drop down. you can click another thing and it like loads this calculator. I suddenly realized like, that's, that's very out of sight, out of mind for folks. And if we keep extending support to other websites, you have to like keep looking up at the corner yeah, of your like browser. For discoverability. For, it's bad for discoverability. And I don't want to be distracting people with like a little badge that appears. And it's like, well, what if the badge appeared like three tabs ago and now you're not there anymore? And I was like, oh, by the way, the page you were on, we support now. Like, it's just not great. So it's like, well, part of me doesn't love this because I know how bad it can be. But like, I was actually on a Zoom call recently with Corey Haynes. And he had a Chrome extension installed for SEO. And it was like enhancing Google for him on the fly in like this really magical way. And I was like really impressed by the value that that was layering into this into the experience of just using Google as he was typing search terms. I was like, wait a minute, Summit could do something very, very just simple like that. Like what if we just put the Summit logo next to the next to the you know the price of the home or the cash balance or your MRR? And when you click that little lightning bolt, that loads the calculator that's relevant. So it's like, well, now it's discoverable. It just appears in new places. If you're if you're happy with that, you keep it. And so that's what the pattern is now. So if you use Mercury Bank, for example, and you load up your dashboard, there'll be a little summit lightning bolt next to your cash balance. You click it, it'll automatically pull in anonymously, you know, your cash balance, your last 30 days income, your last 30 days expenses, and then load a runway calculator with all those numbers pre-populated and then it'll say do you want to simulate you know a fundraise or new hires or growth and it just puts all these common functions like one click away and it's free so that's our growth hack distribution hack that i'll be focused on for a while and i'm really excited to see how quickly it gets approved and out there so the the gist of the chrome extension is it each for each site it maps to a specific calculator Mm-hmm. And it it scrapes the website and yep. pre-populates the calculator. Yep. So it basically automates the work of. So what would you do if you didn't have this? You'd be staring at your Mercury Bank dashboard. You'd see your cash balance. You'd see your income and out and expense income and expenses, and you'd go, "I wonder how much runway we have." And like, if Mercury Bank doesn't build a runway calculation into it, you could fire up your calculator, like you know, command tab calc and hit enter and like site type in some numbers and do that. Or you go to a spreadsheet and start to make something or, 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 right. So you have these options. If you knew about summit, you might know about this runway calculator that we have and you can put that in another tab, but now you still have to like copy these values and paste them into the calculator one, two, three, and then hit run. All it's doing is just automatically finding the calculator that's most relevant, putting a link to it next to the number that you're probably staring at when you have this question and then when you click it, all it's doing is just taking those three values, putting them into a URL for you, constructing the anchor link for the nerds, which most of us are. And then that anchor link has the three numbers in it that are needed to run this calculator tailored to you. So it's not really 
complex at all what it's doing. And in fact, it's just automating probably like two minutes of tedium. But it's like the two minutes of tedium that most people just don't want to bother doing unless you reduce it to a single click. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like if you went to Chart Mogul and they were like, hey, before you start, please go to Stripe and get your latest numbers. <laughs> yeah. Or please exactly. import a in, export from Stripe or something like that. Exactly. Like type in these numbers. Or you go to your G sheet because you want to build a forecast and you're like, okay, I need to look at my chart mogul MRR, put that in A1. Oh, no, actually B1. And before you know it, you're like basically just copy pasting values into a new sheet. What we're saying is you're already looking at your chart mogul dashboard. Click the summit icon. It takes you to an MRR forecast which extends those numbers into the future. And if you want to adjust the growth rate or play with those things, you can. And so yeah. just puts all these relevant calculators one click away. And I think our belief is that by doing that, it makes the likelihood. So I, Ruben tried this out already and he uses ProfitWell. No, actually he tried out for ChartMogul. He said he's trying out ChartMogul, if I get this right. And he said, yeah, normally I wouldn't like do a forecast when I'm staring at my dashboard, but the fact that I can just click this icon and it automatically loads one, it's just that much easier for me to do anytime I want to. And yeah, he really liked it. So that's all. That's as simple as it is. And so then just the game of adding more and more sites to that list. So like Zillow, load a mortgage calculator next to a for sale listing. Airbnb, I had this thought of like when there's a home that you might want to rent. Like a lot of times you're exploring Airbnb just like you're exploring Zillow. And I think some people, it's like, well, you could do a vacation calculator. But what would be really fun is if you were browsing Airbnb and you saw like a home that was you could rent, but you're kind of wondering to yourself, like, what would it be like if I own this place? Yeah. Like loading a, loading a vacation property rental calculator using that property would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so that's the idea. And then, yeah, just have it be this, this useful little utility. And then... The Google Chrome store is going to take care of distributing it and give you lots of <laughs> users. And well, so then, yeah, you, I, I love that question TBD. because <laughs> what you're pointing out is that you still have a distribution problem. So, aha, here's what we're going to do. We're also launching this week. I'll say it this way. It's in production this week, but it's hidden. The Summit free calculator marketplace, which is soon to just be ooh, called ooh. Summit. And you'll be able to go there and get a calculator to use in your blog or your content or your website. And you'll be able to just get an embed code and use it. No account creation required, nothing. It's just a free calculator that you can copy and embed into your into your apps or into your into your apps or your websites or your blog posts, etc. And so I'm talking to some pretty high volume bloggers about doing that already. But if you go with the free version, each of those calculators will have a little sponsored link. And that little sponsored link is going to say, download the free Summit Chrome extension to enhance you know, more and more of your websites and content with Summit calculators, right? Nice, so they already use a calculator. That's right. That's great. So someone is reading a ProfitWell blog about MRR. There's a Summit calculator on it. There's a link in the calculator that says, Download the free Summit Chrome extension and get forecasting for your ProfitWell metrics instantly. They click that, they get the extension, they try it, we're done, right? So we're telling people about the extension right in the context that's 
super obviously relevant and that should generate downloads and the blogger gets to use it for free too. So it's basically zero friction, free sharing and embedding for everyone to get this out there. Very cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll summit, usesummit.com will actually become a destination where you can type in. So we'll have, we're already, this is already built. Speaking of sort of the Bjorn experience, show up to work yesterday and Peter's like, uh, Bulka is like, this is already live and staging. You can try it out. But we had search, we had tags, we had detail pages, little cards, the homepage. It's, it's just all there. It just needs the apps put into it, which are which I've already built. So I built about 20, I think we built about 24 free apps at this point. So now I just have to put them into this marketplace or this, as you'll see, it's just going to be Summit. So the point would be if you're a blogger, let's say you have a newsletter, you can come to Summit and it's a resource now where you might get inspired to write a blog post because you see a calculator in there for revenue-based financing or for a Stripe loan or for, you know, it could be nutrition-based, like it could be any kind of calculator. And then the fact that you can just get that, put it into your blog post, Summit becomes a resource, kind of like you could go to YouTube and find a video on just about any topic, right? Yeah. You'd like people to come to Summit and find calculators on just about any topic, right? Yeah, you could do a ton of outreach as well to those content creators, of course. That's right. So we could advertise with ConvertKit or whomever, Substack, if that's possible. We could basically focus on the content creators and say, here's a resource to go to when you want interactive content, usesummit.com, organized by tag, search, etc. And then what that all is designed to do is all of that motivates and incentivizes more people to become developers on Summit. Because now if you build a calculator, it's going to get used, it's going to get shared, it's going to get licensed, it's going to get out there. We don't just have this like build a calculator and like use it yourself or share it with your team or your friends. Now the promise is build a calculator, it gets promoted and distributed through Summit's distribution channels and that's good for you, right? Because we can share, we can share the upside, whatever that is. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I'm excited to see, to follow <laughs> this. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You keep um, wondering how far up the ladder I'm going to climb, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get to the top. I, I, I think your question... You're launching a browser and an operating system and... Whatever it takes, man, there's a mobile phone. <laughs> Summit Fire phone. No, you, uh, but you, you, you asked the right question, which was, oh, and then suddenly you're going to have all these users of the extension. And I, I appreciate the pushback because I know it gets, it gets a bad rep, I think, now because so many people have done kind of gross things with growth hacking, you know, and like gross cheating hacking. the system. Gross hacking. Gross, gross <laughs> growth hacking. But when that term was coined originally, it was really just about Facebook is huge. These other sites are huge how the heck are you going to get your your app or your thing out there? And I think that's still the same problem that we all have today is that you still need to get it all the way delivered to people where they already are. And that's why SEO is so popular and that's why paid ads are so popular is the, the one place we know we can go to <laughs> to get traffic and distribution is Google. You can either pay them or you can pay homage to them by building really delicious content for their search engine. But like, we're all just trying to get Google to rec recognize us or promote us because we all need distribution, right? So growth hacking was a way of sort of saying, how do we beat the system 
without paying Google a ton of money. Yeah. I really think that term came out of the Dropbox, you know, invite a friend and get like an extra megabyte. Yeah. So it's it was funny the enough, guy who like coined the term growth hacking did that at Dropbox, I'm pretty sure. So I have a story about that. So Ivan Kirigan was actually the growth lead at Dropbox that led a lot of that. I know Ivan. Patrick Vlaskovitz coined growth hacking when he was sitting down with Sean Ellis one day, the guy who created the product market fit term. Growthhackers.com grew out of the Sean Ellis, Patrick Vlaskovitz group, Heaton Shaw, and a few others back in the day. Sean ran with growth hackers. But those folks who coined that stuff, that was kind of like, you're right about the, the era. That was like vintage 2006, 7, 8, maybe 9, 10, 11, when... It's a little bit, I mean, that's already 10 years ago now plus, but it's just a little bit more Wild West. It was like, what can you do to get distribution? And there was some really clever stuff that people figured out back then, like Instagram, you know, using Facebook's graph basically to get its photos out there or like, you know, Twitter being in South by Southwest. Like I feel like things were a little bit, yeah, a little bit more Wild West, but the challenge still remains. I think now because like Facebook, Meta and Google have gotten so big. I think to some extent they've almost completely taken all of the air out of that out of that growth hacking opportunity. And now it's just, well, are you gonna do SEO? Are you gonna do conferences? <laughs> or are you gonna do like, or are you gonna pay Google, right? The the toll charge to get distribution. But you don't find as many people sitting down now going, How do I hack sort of the system to get giant you know, distribution for free, right? Because I feel like a lot of those people like Facebook and others, they've like locked down their APIs, they've locked down their their platforms to where it's really hard to just get distribution without paying for it, paying a lot for it. Yeah. So, yeah, but I love that topic. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We're actually getting quite a lot of signups from a newsletter I, I sponsored. I sponsored three newsletters last week, but one of them is interesting. It's pay-per-click. So mm. you basically put in, like I think I put in $200 and we kind of negotiated a cost per click and mm -hmm. it just runs in like, they have like 10 different newsletters or something like that. I just picked the ones that I thought was a good fit and it just runs until enough people clicked it. and. And he even reached out to me and he was like, not a lot of people are clicking it. Maybe we should change the the copy. And I, I changed it. And now a lot of people are clicking on it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the price, how the price compares to like, you know, running Google ads or something like that. But I kind of like that it's like an indie guy and it's like his own, his own thing. Yep. That's cool. I'll share it once I'm running out of, when I, once I run out of money <laughs> on this platform. <laughs> yeah. Once you well, there you go again, man, hogging the channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great, great point. We're all looking for that, but no, that's so. So that's what I've been up to. I have, I think I said months ago that we were finally turning the page and like I'm just going to think about marketing and distribution and go to market. And hopefully, it's obvious that that's pretty much all I've been thinking about for a couple months is just yeah, not I'm not convinced. core product, but what are all the things that I can do to get it out there? And I'm having a lot of fun. We'll see. Yeah. Traffic is up. I, I will say that I can share that. We had our be best traffic week ever last week. So it's starting to work, I think, which is exciting. Yeah, and you didn't have a big launch. 
and I, and it didn't have a big launch exactly. That was that was part of the tweet is like, and it wasn't a, a launch week. So, but you do have a when, launch every time you have a new calculator in a sense. Yeah, well, and that, and they're starting to layer on each other, so it's fun. I can actually look at the usage of each calculator, and they all have just a little bit of residual usage. So, you know, the more we create, the more you know foundational traffic we get. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like your next like repositioning exercise is going to happen when like like a, a segment of calculators is like taking off like crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I could see yeah, that, that would, happen. It's like the that next. That would be really <laughs> interesting. Suddenly, because we added lead capture as a feature now, where you can request an email address to get your results, and I think some marketers are going to want that. But that's going to be really valuable in certain, like you said, segments of calculators where you're using it for lead gen. And then I could see this getting drawn into features where people are like, "Well, I want to download all of that, or I want to, you know, use this to." do marketing, you know, somehow. And then then we'll have to use Reform API or something. We'll figure out how to work together. But yeah, that's Summit these days. Sweet. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, cool. I got work to do. Yeah, well. Actual work. You know, old school. Work. <laughs> <laughs> Sweaty. Labor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good to catch up, and cool. I'm glad you're hanging in there. You got this. Good to Good to talk. We'll see you next week, if not before. See ya. Take care. Bye. Bye.